Gaming News. And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's Show Me the News. Your favorite Super Smash Brothers Brawl podcast from 2007 continues to cover the latest in the video game industry at showmeyournews.com. Now, let's join the show. Welcome! Punch! Welcome to Show Me Your News. The pinnacle for delivering and debating the gaming news that matters the most to you. Rumor-filled gossip, hardware blunders, or upcoming releases. If it relates to video games, we want to talk about it. I am Peter, but you may know me as Yoko, and I can't believe it's almost a month to E3. I am Rachel, you may know me as Evie, and I've been playing Zelda! Yay! I'm Joe, you may know me as the Debaga, and fuck Polar Knight. <laughs> I'm Ben, you might know me as Gym Leader Ben, and I'm a giraffe when I stream. Yay, giraffe! <laughs> <laughs> just, just really long necks, or is it just is the mask that, to go with it? It's just, yeah, is that, is that someone hasn't watched it? my streams. Oh, I guess not. I have about 12 animal masks. <laughs> All different. We are part of the SMYN network at showmeyournews.com. Today is Saturday, May 9th, 2015, and this is episode 179 of the podcast. Lots of things to talk about today. Joe and Ben are back. Yay! Back to the rightful place and with all the different extenuating circumstances from last week, so welcome back. We have lots of gaming news to talk about. But Joe, let's start off with you. Show me your news. Last night and today at time of recording, so this dates the episode, Yeah, uh, the Splatoon Global Test Fire took place. Yeah, I think actually the last version of that is going on right now as we speak. Yeah, I think so too. Yep. And basically what that was, was they had three separate hours. A Splatoon demo came out, but it could only be played for three specific hours. And one of them was last night. And, of course, Ben and I got to play, and it was cool. And I believe, Peter, you got to play too? I didn't. I was asleep at that point. But Darker I was good enough to stream on the SMYN Network channel over on Twitch, so thank you, Dark. He was. Uh, and we didn't bump into Dark, unfortunately. I knew we wouldn't, but like some deep part of my heart hoped we would. <laughs> yeah. It was a very limited demo. You got four weapons and two maps. And you could not pick uh, who you played with or anything. But for the most part, like, whatever. It's a demo. Yeah, duh. For Splatoon, like, what is it generally for those that do not know what this whole Nintendo Wii U game is all about? Splatoon is Nintendo's Call of Duty killer that will probably actually win. And, um, <laughs> no, I don't think it'll win, but it's a third-person shooter where the object, at least of the mode that we got to play, I've actually kept myself in a small bit of a media blackout with uh, Splatoon. Not by choice, just by I just haven't looked in the right places, and I'm not going to go searching for information. I'd rather just be surprised when the game comes out. But the uh, version that we got to play was the version... The first mode that they showed off when they announced it at E3 last year, which was Turf War. And Turf War basically is uh, you got to cover the most of the map with your ink. You play as the Inklings, which are a bunch of squid people uh, with a stupid name that's also a clever name, and I hate it. And basically, that's the whole gist of it. You got to cover the most of the map with your team's color ink. Uh, the one that covers it with the most ink by the end of the three minute match wins. 
We won most of our matches, which was cool. And basically, that's the gist of it. Yeah, you we turn had, into squids and you can, you can... Yeah, you can turn into squids and swim in the ink, and uh, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Uh, you can turn off the gyro controls. Oh, my <laughs> God. We didn't know about that until somebody told us, like, after the demo happened. Because seriously, who plays with gyro controls? If they weren't that bad. bad. It wasn't bad. Honestly. Because for the most part, we only really needed to use the gyro controls to go up and down. Outside of that, you could use the right stick to go left and right. I mean, as long as I didn't have to turn my entire body like I thought I was going to have to. <laughs> I'm fine with gyro controls, but for the most part, they weren't that bad. But I'm glad that we could turn them off. Uh, the option is there. Thank God. I will not be playing with gyro controls when I get the game. Uh, the four weapons that they gave us were the Splattershot Jr., which was a pistol. I was okay with it, I guess. And what did you think of the Splattershot Jr.? It was all right. It kind of, like, went off the, the cursor, or, like, the crosshairs mm-hmm. a little more, so it had a bit more of a, a spray to it, which was handy for covering uh, turf ground. Yeah. I personally didn't really notice all that much of a difference between the Splattershot, and the Splattershot itself is the the weapon that you see them use in all the promotional art and everything. It's the one that looks like a super soaker. Mm. Uh, and that's the spider shot itself, which was my favorite weapon. It's the basic one. Uh, I did very well with it. Ben, during our last match, just went on a rampage with it. <laughs> like A lot of people died. Oh my god. Killed so many. It was just one after another. We had the... It was what? The, the splatter charge, I think is what it was called. It was basically a sniper rifle. Splat charger. Spot charger? Okay. Uh, I didn't like it. Ben, you, you liked it. You should... In terms of, like, turf war, I liked the non-traditional weapons. I liked the splat charger, and I really liked the paint roller, but I couldn't see them being combat viable, mm-hmm. like, at all. Well, the paint roller I could see. I got killed by the paint roller a lot. You just got to back up a little bit. I'm surprised that's one that can kill. Well, if they sneak up behind you, and you can also slam the paint roller on the ground to make a bit of a ranged attack... Hmm. But it doesn't have that much range. Yeah. So it's not really all that useful, but it's something. And the paint roller came away being some people's favorite weapon. Oh, it's my favorite. Oh, it's uh, my second favorite. Because for Turf War, it's overpowered. It's so good. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, and we had one very sad moment <laughs> for another team member. This wasn't sad for me, it was sad for the person that I killed. He was rolling around a corner with the paint roller covering the ground, and I came up right behind him with another paint roller, covered exactly what he just covered, and then killed him from behind. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> ben just, Ben just fucking lost it. It was just like I. That was the meanest thing I've ever fucking seen. For the most part, though, yeah, the paint roller came away being everybody's favorite weapon, or most people's favorite weapon. We had two uh, maps, which was the warehouse which was my favorite map. It was very basic. There was no way to fall off, uh, which was the problem we had with uh, the other one, which was the oil rig level. It was like uh, salt, sea salt, something. Oh, I'm sorry, they're like, they're like bottomless pits on a map? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's like it's an, a rig. It's not a rig. You can just fall off. What the fuck? That's and awful. That'll, that'll kill you. Uh, and that didn't happen with, in the warehouse. There's nothing, none of that in the warehouse. But Was the warehouse I, like the basic map they showed at E3 last year? I think yeah. so. Okay, okay. And it even had a tutorial built into it and everything. I was so worried I was going to dislike Splatoon. I don't know where that fear was. I don't know what it was founded in. I was very worried I was going to not like it. Uh, after playing this demo, 
holy shit, Splatoon is so much fun. Oh my god. I cannot wait for this game. Like, mm-hmm. I had a blast. Wow. So, I guess, like, maybe explain it a bit more to Rachel and I, because we see the game, like, we're not feeling it as much. Personally, for me, it's... Actually, I quite like it. Interesting. I, <laughs> so... I think it looks, like, really fun. It's kind of, like, a bit more of a kitty-friendly Team Fortress game. Very with lots of ink everywhere. Hmm. It's really cute. It looks like a lot of fun. I think I'd really enjoy that game, actually. But it's something like is it something that you're itching to try, though? Not, like, massively itching to try, but you know what? I'd love to play it with you. Hmm. Interesting. That was not the impression I got when we saw that when you were looking at the E3 from last year. Oh, really? For me, personally, it's it's more of a just a general dislike for multiplayer games as a whole yeah there are a few exceptions i mean smash of course but mm. team-based shooters like i've just never been the biggest fan so i'm glad that nintendo is doing something different i'm glad it's a new ip and it seems to be catching on you're even getting the amiibo involved which is really great i mean with they had the splatoon direct which also you know kind of correlates a little bit where you know the amiibo unlock the different uh, missions and 8-bit and 16-bit games and that's all great it's a you know, good use of amiibo uh, but it's just generally a kind of style of play that doesn't interest me as much. Yes, it is a team-based shooter, but uh, the difference being it is a team-based shooter that requires no communication with other people. That's except, interesting. Uh, because Ron and Booyah. Well, yeah, I saw I saw somebody tweet basically um, after playing Splatoon. I now understand why Splatoon doesn't have voice chat. And then they they posted like a scenario that was, "Hey, you see that spot with all the yellow ink? Yeah." Cover that with purple ink. Okay? <laughs> like, you can see the map. You already know what needs to be done. And it doesn't require that much teamwork outside of things that Ben pointed out to me, which was like, all right, there's a bunch of my teammates already in this area spraying all this. I don't need to be here, and I can move on to another area. Yeah. And for the most part, I think that's going to kind of work in its strength because it's going to appeal to that Team Fortress crowd and stuff, but it's also going to get rid of the bad part of team-based shooters, which is the other people you play team-based shooters with. That's true, and I'm glad to hear that, because that was like the really big question of Nintendo's decision. It's like, it's a team-based shooter, and voice chat is not there because Nintendo. And so I'm glad to hear that. I, I honestly think that if it had been a game that required communication, voice chat would be in the game, mm-hmm. honestly. But as it is, they made a team-based shooter that requires little to no communication. So Interesting. It went great. I expected Nintendo servers to crash and burn. <laughs> Who didn't? I expected them to eat shit, and we had no problems. Wow. There were no connection problems. Like, we had a slight moment where a connection unstable uh, icon appeared over our head for about 10 seconds and then went away, and it never became a problem. Neat. And I'm, I'm very proud of Nintendo for that. That's very good. That's a good um, start on the, like, this new online world that they are finding themselves in. No lag either. Good. No lag at all. Very good. So, yeah, that was the Splatoon Global Test Fire. It was a lot of fun. Can't wait for the full game. Are you going to pre-order it and get those Smash Brothers DLC costumes? I already have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let us know in the comments what you thought of the Global Test Fire. Did you take part in the Global Test Fire? And if not, was it because Why you didn't not? have a chance or because you like aren't looking forward to Splatoon? I mean, it's okay. I mean, three one-hour sessions that aren't on your schedule is fine. But yeah, no. I, I already knew I wasn't going to make it to the other two sessions because first one, sleep. And the second one, uh, this. So, yeah. yeah. 
Glad I got to play at least last night. So. Yeah. Alrighty, so I believe next is Rachel. Where's the line? Where's show me your news? You gotta say the thing. I <laughs> refuse. <laughs> show me news. Rachel, read the manual. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm making you do this. <laughs> Rachel, show me your news. I want to die. <laughs> Recently, I've gone back to a lot of retro gaming and gone back to a bit of Rare, which is always very fun. We like our Banjo-Kazooie's, we like our Conquest by Fur Days, that sort of thing. So I wanted to talk about the Kickstarter for Ukulele, because Yay. I'm so hyped for this game. I am so hyped. And they're so close to like the last stretch goal, which is currently on here. Um, as I'm reading this they've just got another donation and they're at one million four hundred sixty six thousand seven hundred and seventy eight pounds with 38 days to go so like when we started this conversation it was at least twelve thousand pounds less than that i mean this is for the the goal they have added for the orchestra yes like i said it is the last stretch goal well i mean they could easily add more i mean but this is where they're currently at yeah okay fair enough so it's the last stretch goal they currently have Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, the funding's definitely slowed down since day one. I mean, they got to their first £175,000 goal within hours. Like, not even, like, Less. five hours. It was Less. it was really quickly. Like, it was, really like, 38 quickly. minutes, I think. It was, it was, was it 38 it minutes? It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't look at it that hard because I was at work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> let me put it this way. Uh, I was at work. I heard about it launch. I came home, and they had already reached, like, three stretch goals. <laughs> yeah. Really, they did an amazing job, and it just shows the demand for the 3D platformer. Exactly, because we got trolled back in the day with Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts, and there's already been interviews uh, with Grant Kirkhope where they said, well, I say interviews, he was on Game Grumps, and they were talking about how they decided not to make Banjo 3, and he always wanted them to make Banjo 3, because they thought that these 3D adventure games, these platformers, weren't going to cut it at all, and no one would want to buy it. But then you get someone like this, and they bring up this fantastic concept, these X-Rare guys, and I'm so happy to look at this. It's just I'm on the page right now, and I've listened to the music, and, you know, seen what's available. And it looks great. It looks fantastic, and I want this, and so many other people want this. And I bet now Rare are kicking themselves in the fucking ass. Oh, probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because they're going to be like, oh, well, shit, we should have done something. Guess we better make Banjo 3, because that's the only way they're going to compete with this right now. You got to love what, you know, this, and then I think Mighty Number 9 is another fair comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, The game styles are so similar to what they originally are kind of designed off of, and it's Mm -hmm. almost like the the sue-us-if-you-dare mentality. (laughs) It's yeah. just it's so close. Mighty Number no. Nine, like undeniably inspired by Mega Man, Ukulele. Oh. Even like in the name, like with the two separate names and the two buddies, and they're collecting not jiggies or notes, pages. I think they're called. Like, yeah, it's, it's so close <laughs> to Banjo Kazooie. So it's it's just remarkable. And the game is supposed to come out in October 2016. It's really exciting. See, I actually kind of don't like how it looks so close to Banjo-Kazooie, because, like, I like Banjo-Kazooie. I've played (laughs) (laughs) Banjo-Kazooie. I don't want another one unless it's Banjo-Kazooie. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to ukulele. I really think that it looks good, and I cannot wait to play it. But 
I already have a 3D N64 style platformer that has taken my heart that I can't wait to come out. So I have a hat in time already. So mm. for me, ukulele is a little too little too late. On the back burner for you then, maybe. I want it. And I'm going to buy it when it comes out, obviously, because fuck yeah, more Rare style platformers by people who actually worked at Rare. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, I'm I'm so hyped for this. We're getting it on the the Wii U. You already backed it, didn't you, sweetie? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did the one with the the PC toy box. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah so the that twenty we, pounds. The only thing I would not like about this game, actually, the only thing I don't like, and I don't really have any like place to say this, I don't like the design on the bat that much. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I love Yuka. Yuka being the chameleon, so cute. I cannot fault the design of this chameleon. That bat's got one motherfucking giant nose. It's like, I went to clown school, got really drunk, and now I'm on top of a chameleon. What is my life? (laughs) Gets to sniff out the different collectibles. I do like their kind of logic behind, you know, oh, Donkey Kong 64 that had the way too many collectibles. Yeah, we we had that guy working on our team, and he was given a a stern talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Little little things like that. Like, it's okay, you know what you're doing this time around. And with Grant Kirkhope and David Wise together, I mean, that's up there as, like, dream soundtrack in the making. Like, it's it's amazing. Uh, Both of those sample tracks, awesome. Hey, everybody complaining whenever they put in something that wasn't in, like, that's not just straight-up Banjo-Kazooie gameplay. Or, like, the instrumentals that Grant Kirkhope is using that aren't exactly the same as Banjo-Kazooie or Banjo-Tooie. Shut up. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because I listened to Grant Kirkhope's snippet of, you know, the the music that he's been doing on here, and I thought, wow, that's really Banjo-Kazooie. I see the massive resemblance there, and I'm just full of nostalgia and love for this right now. And then people are complaining, like, Oh, it's not quite like the Banjo-Kazooie thing. I was like, how are you not hearing Banjo-Kazooie when you're listening to that music? I mean, there's not even any point of actually hearing Banjo-Kazooie. If it plays good, who gives a shit? They're going to make great music, and you know this. They want it to be exactly... Guess what? They can't do that. They'll get the fucking asses sued. It's They want like the N64 MIDI sounds, which, hey, I love the N64, uh, its sound chip sucked. Yeah. So and hey, I uh, don't want that. They'll sound. also be making a 64-bit version of the game. That's actually kind of cool. And really? they have, I think they're also now doing, uh, for the full version, like the current gen console version, they're doing N64 shaders. Ooh. So it'll at least kind of look close to, you know, as opposed to the actual N64 carts that they'll be making with the 64-bit version. So, like, they're doing this all right. Yeah, it's it's a long way off, but... Uh, they're on a great start. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they still have 38 days to go at this time of recording for ukulele, and they're going to smash, like, any goals, seriously. Because they have so many people backing them. There's, fo- there's over 45,000 people backing it right now. There's only going to be more. But, oh, God, I just want it right now. Please. You, s- you say smash their goals? Yeah, smash their y- goals. Ukulele for smash. <laughs> no. Deep dreaming. <laughs> you you wouldn't be able to get ukulele in Smash because Nintendo haven't got sole rights to it. And that hasn't stopped him entirely before. There's rumors of Ryu. Yeah, there's rumors of Ryu. He's not confirmed yet. <laughs> nope. You got you got to get some good royalties and some good contracts going to actually get someone who's not on your IP. I don't think they'll be very keen 
to do it until they see it getting a lot more popular, in my opinion. And then they could totally do amiibos for these things. Besides, we need Wonder Red first. I don't love all the art design, but that's just me being super picky. What little gameplay I've kept, I've kept myself kind of not like on a, a lockout, but I just I, I haven't really looked into it too much. I'm trying to stay out of Kickstarter stuff to an extent because I've, you know, I'm still like waiting on like stuff from like that I donated like two or three years ago. Because oh, wow. um, you know, stuff takes a long time. It looked a little slow for my taste, hmm. and I'm not a big. I'm not a big uh, 3D platformer kind of guy, aside from Sly and Mario, and that's about it. Okay. But it, it, it looks like it's made with a lot of polish, and I think it'll be pretty good. And a lot of love. A lot yeah, of a lot love. of love's going against this game, definitely. Didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it. Yeah. So what do you think to ukulele? Have you already backed this on Kickstarter? Are you planning to back it, or are you not really that fussed about the game? If you're not, then... I'm sorry I can't be your friend, but I respect your opinion. Please tell us in the comments down below. Okay then, Peter, show me your news. So let's talk some Batman, because Arkham Knight, uh, Warner Brothers, the publisher, producer, whatnot behind it, said on April 28th that the season pass, they'll be announced all the details for it, or... Or did they really? They said that the DLC can come at a discounted price, and oh, they'll have things like story modes, and things with supervillains, and costumes, and extra racetracks. And season passes passed, as some of you may know. They generally run about $20. Yeah, season pass is more often than not a bad idea. At least to buy outright before you've even played the game, and you don't even know what's going on. I mean, this coming from someone who bought the Assassin's Creed Unity season pass. <laughs> and oh, man. That well worked out for well, I was going to say, oh, it, boy. it sounded like a really stupid idea, but then, because of how much Unity fucked up, it turned out to be a pretty good deal, because you got the DLC, ended up being for free. You got a free Ubisoft game, which ended up, for me, being Far Cry 4 for free. Nice. Uh, you know, the Assassin's Creed Chronicles game that recently came out a couple weeks ago got that for free. So that one ended up paying itself off for the $20 I got for it. And even Batman Arkham Origins, their last season pass, was $20. But when Warner Brothers comes out and just says it's going to have story modes and super villain, like all this, this general sort of stuff, and then they say, and the season pass will be $40. No. Like thirty four ninety nine in pounds. Are, are you really kidding me? That's fucking dumb. Are you kidding me right now? Um, you know, Warner Brothers, like the, a lot of different people in the games industry, and you know, Jim Sterling, to name one, made a point like they're really just as bad to think about it as EA and Ubisoft, but because people don't put them on the same sort of echelon, it's almost like they can get away with some stuff. I mean... They announce just these kind of season passes overall, and they make decisions like uh, for, for Mortal Kombat X. You know, to play as Goro, you have to pre-order it. Do watch the, the Jimquisition on, uh, I think he called it Warner Bother, but just looking at all the different things that Warner Brothers has made as a publisher when it comes to these DLC and season pass things. Eventually, a few days later, after all the backlash, and when I'm saying a few days later, this is May 3rd, so... From April 28th to May 3rd, nearly a week later, it took 
all that time to basically say, okay, well, okay, here's what's really in the season pass. So you have Batgirl, A Matter of Family, which is apparently a prequel story expansion. You get to play as Batgirl. It's an interesting looking render. I'll, I'll give it that. Hell, it has to be. It has to be a prequel because in the Arkham universe, Batgirl's already Oracle. Oracle, so. In a wheelchair. So maybe Killing Joke makes a sort of impact in this one, or maybe they make up their own story. That'll yeah. that'll be interesting. So I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, the Season of Infamy is new story missions where supervillains are invading Gotham. Uh, then you have Gotham City Stories, where the different allies that came out with that trailer. So you have Nightwing, you have Robin, you have other allies that... You know, these, are, these are more stories for them to kind of expand before and after Arkham Knight. Different Batmobiles on themed tracks, challenge maps, character skins. So I'm glad that they eventually decided to flesh out what it was, but maybe $30. Oh, so maybe they contact. should have fleshed it out and then gave us the price. Exactly. It, it was super scummy to just say, you know, oh, you're, if you're a Batman fan, you're automatically going to buy this, you know, $40. That's insulting. It's two-thirds of the game price. And just because like these sorts of things, I guess, are to try to get people to not trade the game in back immediately. To say that, hey, we have more content coming. You know, you might want to hold on to this game so you can play it more. And it's, it's the investment up front. So, yeah, there have only been a few season passes I've actually purchased. But, you know, some of them worked out, some of them not so much. But this one, I think you got to maybe stay a little away from just to not set the precedent that the industry can go, oh, Oh, we can do this because this is the company that worked on Arkham Origins DLC in favor of patching the game. Yep. Let's do the DLC instead of fixing the glaring issues wrong with Arkham Origins. So this is the company where the priority is at. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on just like this kind of business practice. Like, how awful is it? Oh, it's scummy shit. Terrible. <laughs> I want to buy Arkham Knight. But, like, I can't find myself getting as excited for Arkham Knight as I did for, say, Arkham City. Because mm. I was very excited for Arkham City. I just haven't found myself caring all that much about Arkham Knight yet. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen as much on it. But this this doesn't really help. Yeah, the Arkham games have never really been one that I've dug deep into. Though I, you know, my brother certainly does enjoy it, and I've watched him play it, and... From what I've seen of Arkham Knight, the game looks great. I mean, say what you will about the delay from October to June, uh, and then another delay to a couple weeks later in June, but it, it seems to be worth it. You know, the footage just looks fantastic. And it's Rocksteady again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's really so, the big thing. So it's, it should be a game to be excited for, but the DLC practice, like, you can't support that. I'm sorry. It is not only that it shouldn't be that much. It is also that character skins and Crime Fighter Challenge maps and Batmobiles with theme tracks. That's DLC, really? Yeah. I understand that everybody's doing that now. Like, little small shit like this DLC. But, like, why? You already have character stories and everything just completely ready. I think for... When it comes to DLC, I agree with extra credits, I believe, are the ones that said, like... DLC should be a thing that developers work on when the game is done and they're waiting for it to get printed and released. Yep. Yep. Because they still have things to do and they need to fill their schedule up. Yep. 
so make DLC. And that's why, like, on-disc DLC is there. That's right. why it exists. And a lot of people um, don't understand that, and they just don't know how game development works. Yeah. But, like, shit like this? Well, and it just makes you think, like, when you delayed it eight months, what, was this some of the stuff you were working on in the background? Is this why you delayed it eight months? Like, come on now. And uh, I've already been burnt before. Not, I didn't play Arkham Origins. I never will. I don't want to. But, like, when Harley Quinn's Revenge came out for Arkham City, it sucked. I hated it. Like, I really did not fucking like that DLC. And that's the only DLC we got for Arkham City. So I don't really trust... I trust Rocksteady to make a good game. I do not trust them to make good DLC. I mean, uh, you can, you know, say that for Arkham City, but then this is also the game that had the whole Catwoman online pass sort of thing. Yeah, that was also bullshit, but I think that was a WB thing, not a Rocksteady mm, thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then you compare it to a game like The Witcher Wild Hunt, where there have, there have been a lot of DLC. I think like 15 different DLC things. But then they're saying, you know what? We're not you know, offending our consumers. That's all free. Yeah, we'll do two expansions down the road, and you'll, you'll pay for that because those are hefty things. But when it takes like a few hours to do like, oh, here's a different hairstyle for Geralt, or we'll do a different kind of horse. Like, yeah, you make that free. Yeah. I want DLC as a concept to die for a little bit, most of it. But um, it won't. Except for the games that I want it for, so like more Smash DLC, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time I actually saw Batman gameplay was when I was with you guys and Mark was trying to fight Slade, and that was it. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> a long that's time true. ago. Slade is the one in Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah. They're the same character, it's just Teen Titans call him something different. And, and, then, he's, and then he goes, War. Or never. Oh no! No wait, that's a different franchise. <laughs> He's in so many. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. You're right. I have like a side hate of established franchises because there is a guaranteed profit, and yeah. they try to maximize it. Because mm-hmm. like, there's no punishment for them ever. There's no. All right, let's all not get this. It's like, oh man, I hope this doesn't suck when I get it. Or, like, there's an established number that's going to buy the game, going to buy whatever they put out to either review it or to be angry about it or, or just, just to experience it or to 100%. just a lot of reasons. And there's no punishment for companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want them to be punished. The only punishment they'll get is if people don't, like, buy it. That doesn't happen to a large extent. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a guaranteed profit, and they might not make as much... And they might not, like, make another thing of that in a while. But, like, it's not going to stop bad practices or stop them from not trying that hard. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is doing so is people have to vote with their wallet. If you mm-hmm. don't buy it, it's going to send the message that way. And that's the only thing that's going to do It's not these angry messages on Twitter and, and social media and the like. You have to vote with your wallet. And another thing that I wish could be done in more of the main game and it occurs to me with looking at this and then uh, we were watching the Sony E3 conference from last year and Infamous with Infamous First Light and the DLC with the female lead character. And it's kind of comparable with this and, and Batgirl here. Need more of those in the main game, in my opinion. Mm. Like, not as the, oh, we'll do it after the fact and we'll pay the extra money for it. Like, need more female protagonists, my opinion. It doesn't have to even even be a thing that's like, Okay, so we'll make a game that could only have a female protagonist. No. Well, no, Bayonetta's good. 
Like yeah. Bayonetta is good, yeah. yeah. I'm not as fussed about the introducing female protagonists into these games because I'm generally like, I like looking at the guys. It's fine by me. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Batgirl should have been a thing from the beginning anyways. Like, yeah. Batgirl doesn't really count because you're not introducing a female protagonist. She already existed. You just haven't been using her. And that's one of the, <laughs> the comic book lines that they're running with right now is, is Batgirl. So, mm-hmm. all the more reason. Well, give us your opinion on these shitty, scummy, awful DLC practices and basically just don't buy $40 season passes. That's all it really comes down to it. All right, Ben, let's talk about the sports. Love sports. Love ESPN, the sports network. Entertainment and sports programming network. Is that what the P is? Okay, I was going to say. Entertainment and sports programming network. I was going to say, if the P was like part of the word sports. (laughs) (laughs) Some people do that with their acronyms. I'm going to call them. Yeah, ESPN2 a while back, and this is a little bit of old news, but it's still a wonderful story that I love. ESPN2 broadcasted Blizzard's tournament for Heroes of the Storm that they call Heroes of the Dorm, which was a very interesting thing that happened, where their game is currently in a closed beta, where you have to have a password or whatever, and then it's free. Like, it's going to be, I believe, a free game. Probably. I, I mean, think so. To compete with League of Legends in that MOBA space and Dota yeah. as well, you kind of have to be. And the, yeah, the way the way it'll make a lot of money is through stim packs, skins, new characters, because there's a huge cast. They had this thing back in March where it was like, join in on the closed beta, start training, you know, build up a team, start entering ranked matches, which you can't do until you're like level 30, which takes forever to get to. I'm still on like 22. And then, you know, just we'll, we'll pick like some of the best teams out there. And we're going to bring them to a, like a legitimate, huge budget tournament. And that's what Heroes of the Dorm was. And they broadcasted that on ESPN2. And people weren't happy. I mean, a lot of people were happy, but a lot of people were not happy. Before we get to that, though, like yeah. you're the one who plays Heroes of the Storm out of all of us. Yeah. I think you're the only one who plays MOBAs as a whole. So... For those that don't play it, what is the general gameplay of Heroes of the Storm like? What are, what are the ideas behind it? What are you trying to do? I haven't played a whole lot of MOBAs, but uh, I've, I've tried out a lot of them. And this one, like Blizzard doesn't like to call it a MOBA, because that, that's just how Blizzard is. <laughs> they call it a, a hero brawler. But it, it is, yeah, it really is. It's a small team versus another small team playing powerful characters that just kind of try to destroy the other team's base in this one. I'm not sure what like the end goal is for others. Uh, but yeah, in this, you, you start on one end of a map, and you want to destroy the core of their base at the other end. And you have to go through a lot of forts and keeps and cannon towers and, of course, the enemy team and these little minions that will spawn at intervals to, to go down the lanes. And lanes are the two to three paths that connect to the bases. Okay. And so it's basically just like you got to push against the other team. You got to like make sure you have enough people in each lane to defend. You can't let your teammates get overpowered if like suddenly, oh shoot, the whole team just showed up in your solo lane. It's just uh, a lot of back and forth action, and it's a lot of fun. The real power that comes from Heroes of the Storm is that Blizzard has all of their franchises represented. They've got characters from the Diablo series, characters from the StarCraft series, characters from Warcraft. I believe there's some original characters mixed in there, but they're 
they're just a lot of fun. It's really fun. I like it. Hmm. So then the internet <laughs> happened. The internet happened. When it was being broadcasted, I found out through Curbachew and went and turned it on for a moment to watch a bit. And then I went to Twitter and searched for ESPN and the word stupid. <laughs> and I just read so many wonderful tweets. There was a lot of tweets on, on both sides. People saying, like, this is awesome. This is what they need to be doing. Uh, this is the pinnacle of athletic competition, as one says. <laughs> and then there were some people that were just kind of amazed, not exactly mad, and calling it World of Warcraft. <laughs> you didn't tell me about those ones. Oh, I, I saw it called a lot of different things. I saw Dota. I saw League of Legends. I saw, I think someone called it Hearthstone at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we saw some Leroy Jenkins references up in oh, there. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was this woman, Michelle Beadle, mm. who is an ESPN analyst. Yes. And she had, like, she, she turned it on and she had no idea what it was, but she got sucked in and started, like, tweeting some commentary. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now she's great. She's one of the, uh, the broadcasters who, during the Mayweather Pacquiao big old boxing match, because she criticized Floyd Mayweather and his domestic abuse past, that mm. his people barred her from. Covering the fight. So she's she's legit. She's great. Nice. She had a couple tweets of, uh, I'm loving the cautious approach by both teams. A lot of twirling and shooting and stuff. The mind's going to Because you can quickly pick up on, like, what's supposed to happen. It's, it's a lot of fun. She said the announcers were really great. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I'm told, I think Day 9 was one of the announcers, and he is someone that I follow a bit through the professional StarCraft World. Mm, he, yeah. he, he played one and two a lot professionally. But yeah, it was just this just very weird, weird experience of people being very upset of nerd shit on their ESPN2 and others being like, finally, just please, please put more of this. As someone who crosses over to both realms, if you will, of both sports and video games, to the people who are all about the sports and talking shit about it, it's Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. What are you doing watching ESPN 2? There's uh, nothing on. There is nothing on. So what are you really expecting? Like one of these tweets that's you know calling it out is like, I want to see slam dunks and stuff. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You go to YouTube. Yeah. You search <laughs> slam dunk compilation. <laughs> yeah. That, that, and put on some music. That's really all you got to do. So... It's just really interesting to see. Now, it's important to mention there was a Dota 2 tournament on last year, and I think it was a similar kind of story where people reacted like this. Oh, I didn't hear about that. My point, I think, overall is I think eSports is the wrong thing to call game events like this. It's professional gaming, professional video games, competitive yeah. video games. Whatever you want to call it, you're going to, yeah, you're going to get people knocking it. But to try to borrow the sports moniker, yeah, you can... You know, borrow the different uh, commentators and all of these certain things. You know, it's fine to do all of that, but to put the word sports in there, because then you're also going to get people like, yeah, saying like, oh, it's the pinnacle of athletic competition. Like, yeah, they're playing games. It takes a whole lot of skill. That you can't deny, but it's not really a sport, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And so then you open it up to certain things, like when you have sports commentators... Like one Colin Coward, who <laughs> is not going to embrace change and basically say, if, if they're going to call on me at ESPN to cover this stuff, ah, that's when I quit. 
Good. Uh, uh, I saw a video that was basically somebody pointing out, like, yeah, cool. You didn't seem to have a problem with it when they called on you to cover uh, some big Madden tournament. Right. Or to help yeah. promote a Mad- the latest Madden game. Because they've you definitely know. done that, too. Because, like, I guess you got paid for those. Those are the difference. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they have to call it sports to, like, like, oh, it's it's eSports, so of course we can show it on ESPN. I suppose. Like but that'd be at the same really time, weird. I don't think ESPN is the right place for it. What are you exactly necessarily gaining to have you know these games like Heroes of the Storm and like League of Legends? What are you gaining having it on network American television? Which, let's be honest, is a dying medium. Uh, for the most yeah. part. Have it on I Twitch. Th- Twitch is where it booms. I think Twitch could honestly start making plans to make uh, like like a step of their own network. Yeah. On TV, like when you go to the homepage of Twitch and there's just always that one chosen stream that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could make it something like that. Uh, they could even take the ESPN route and have multiple channels, or they could partner with ESPN and make like a fourth ESPN channel, but don't ESPN call it four. T. Well, yeah, call it like uh, ESPN G4 or something. Uh, <laughs> that but, works. Uh, or just sponsor Twitch. Just literally just give some money to Twitch for, for some of this stuff. Hmm. Rachel, this has to be interesting seeing like the American television market kind of just be up in a frenzy, but what do you make of the people reacting like, video hey, games on the TV? I don't watch TV. Very <laughs> 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 simple question. I think that it's dumb. Really? For people to just react like, oh, why have we got video games on the TV? This doesn't belong on my channel. Guess what? Turn over the fucking channel somewhere else, dumbass. Yeah. Because video games are like, oh, they need to be for everyone, and everyone should enjoy the games equally, and all that sort of thing. Because it used to be just for, you know, hardcore gamers, and it was, you know, very, very um, intense, and it was difficult to play games back in the day. And I was like, oh, let's make it a lot easier. You know, not all games. They obviously haven't done that with every single game. But, you know, if they're going to make gaming and everything more acceptable for, like, you know, the whole family or, you know, a lot more people than just the hardcore gamers, it's going to end up on TV. Fucking deal with it. Mm -hmm. If I may make one final point about all of this, all of the people who are poo-pooing the games on ESPN and all that stuff, you know, knocking the nerd culture... All this kind of thing. This is exactly how you sound like when the Super Bowl or some other big sporting event, the World Cup, when that all rolls around and you do the whole sports ball. Same thing. Don't need it. Don't do it. There's no difference between the two. There really isn't. I say sports ball, but that's just to piss people off. I know (laughs) what I'm doing. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, a lot of these people who are are saying it just because that's really the way they feel. It, it's, it's really the same thing. Yeah. Is it kind of like when I say hand egg? No. No, not really. Because, like, at least you're not mocking the whole idea of sports. Like, th- these are the, the people who just have never understood sports, and they're just going to, you know, discard it entirely. Just like people who don't understand video games, and they're going to discard it entirely. The whole hand egg thing, yeah, it's the, the soccer, football, football, and, you know, calling American football for what it really is. Like, that, that's different. I li- I just like to see how many different synonyms we can come up with for <laughs> for like sports, ball, goals, points. 
do, and just do the points. Yeah, I just love seeing the combinations. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. So if you uh, want to air your thoughts on what happened on ESPN2, or if you want to tell us to just go back into the basement like Colin Cowherd did, jump off a cliff for that one. But let us know <laughs> in the comments. And if you play Heroes, please let me know. It's We need, we need more people. Lots of headlines to get to. Let's start with the train wreck that is Konami and how it just gets much, much, much worse. Um, Silent Hills officially canceled. I know. I know it's sad. I wanted to play as Nolan Reedus. Only Konami, as some have said, could get Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro, and Norman Reedus together on a project and still have it fall through the earth. They didn't have it fall through the earth. They threw it in a pit. (laughs) In a volcano and had it burn. And then, yeah, it's one thing to have PT, the demo for that game, if the game is canceled, sure, take it off the store. Not eradicate it from existence entirely. Yeah. So that people who bought it could never download it ever again, ever. And, like, here's the thing. Uh, Pat from Two Best Friends uh, brought up the whole fact that they didn't have to do that. No. Literally, all they had to do was release an update that removed the Silent Hills teaser. Congratulations, you still have a game that people could buy and that will make you money that people really liked and you don't need to worry about the teaser thing. You didn't need to remove it from existence completely. When you say remove from existence, do you mean anyone that's actually downloaded it before no longer has it? No, if they have it installed on their PS4, they still have it. But if they delete it, if they delete it ever, they can never get it back. It can no uh, longer be bought or anything. Downloaded, okay. period. Yeah. Which, you know, in the past, like when games have been delisted, at least if you delete it off your system, more often than not, you could say like, oh, well, just download this again. And there's, it's still on the server, like somewhere, where you could go and pull it and download it from that way. And that's the thing, because Sony's uh, stuff is not built to say that they can't do that anymore. So when you delete PT, it still tells you that you'll be able to go download it again. Yeah, and they even had to send out a message from PlayStation that said, and I just got it on my PS4, that was like, so if you have PT, don't delete it, because you won't be able to get it again. And this makes, I guess, you know, PS4s with PT more valuable. Some people tried to sell them on eBay, and eBay had to take those down because they were asking for like $1,000 or something yeah. like that. It's a, it's a free demo. Though I'm going to put it out there. Show me your news anniversary. We have a PlayStation 4 with PT. Fuck. God damn We're playing that shit. Yeah. Ah! Yes. <laughs> I'm like, and it's going to be great. I was so mad when I heard that news because I'm like too three weeks tops out from getting a PS4. Oh no. And I, I, and I bet on your PlayStation Network account you probably even bought PT already. Just for when you get the system you could have downloaded it straight away. Oh, I should have done that. Oh, geez. Even if you did. I mean, yeah, even oh if my you had, goodness. Oh, that, that, that's really sad. And that's just, you know, Konami not getting it and that saga continues. That is going to end badly. Nintendo! I remember Nintendo Land. That was a launch game for Wii U. Well, it's one step closer to becoming a reality because Nintendo partnered with Universal to make immersive experiences under this new partnership to have Nintendo rides planned at Universal-themed parks. Where's my F-Zero roller coaster? 
Where's like so many Royal Cards? I mean, Mario Kart's got to be in there somewhere. Bumper Cars, Mario Kart? I don't know. I think uh, actually, uh, if you've ever watched the show Hey Ash, What You Playing, they do an, an entire episode where she she lists out one of the characters designed a theme park based around Nintendo. Some of it's not possible, but yeah, some no. of it they could legitimately do. What are ones that you would like to see a future Nintendo theme park do? Well, like I just said, an F Zero roller coaster because mm-hmm. uh, that was built to be a roller coaster. Like one of those turbo speed roller coasters, too. Oh my god, I would ride the shit out of that! Doing little twists and turns like on Raptor at Cedar Point? Hell yes. I could imagine, like, you know, the Buzz Lightyear ride at Disney where you're kind of in, like, the, the pond you're going around and shooting things. Like, do a Metroid thing like that. Samus' spaceship? Star, Star Fox, too. Yeah, Star Fox as well. That'd be, I think that'd be a little different. You're not necessarily, you know, moving around on the floor, but Star Fox would be more like you're in a, a cockpit sort of yeah. thing and you're kind of in one place. Yeah. Mario, I don't think, outside of maybe go-karts that just have the Mario Kart name on them. Jump uh, and punch the question mark block. <laughs> What's that Mario Party 2 game? Splatoon where Splatoon laser tag. Oh, man. <laughs> paintball. <laughs> Fucking paintball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fuck boy. Yes. You, get, oh. you get your squid hat. <laughs> <laughs> Roll around in some paint and be like, why isn't my gun reloading? <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Shit, make that universal. Oh, my God. And just like pools of paint, not like stuff splattered on the ground. Like pools that paint that you can swim in. Uh, an Animal Crossing uh, attraction where you come in and just uh, you pick fruit and you pay your market. <laughs> I was just saying where you just work your ass off. <laughs> That's almost like the it's a small world like all slave labor <laughs> joke like just built right in there. Oh, the oh. Like just rebuild just rebuild it's a small world. Like copy it. Like brick for brick. But instead of all the like kids of different nationalities, it's just Animal Crossing characters. <laughs> they sing the same song, but it's an animal leaf. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Or they could sing KK Ryder songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that would be but the problem with KK Rider singing is that it would be slightly bearable. <laughs> Animalese though, all at once. <laughs> that's true. You're right. <laughs> so that's gonna be fun. Not scary though. It could be scary. Like Five Nights at Freddy's Four. Oh, the I final chapter. I saw another image actually tweeted out by Markiplier tonight. Because, you know, he's he's a Five Nights at Freddy's guy. Mm-hmm. And there is a new image that has Bonnie in it. Is it Bonnie or is oh, it? No, boy. it's not. It's Freddy. I do apologize. Blue and black sort of poster thing. And Freddy looks fucked up. Mm. Like, he's got some big... Like, he has two rows of teeth like a shark. Oh, my. And stuff. And, yeah. like, some, some weird kind of, like, pointy nail things... Which have like it looks like little faces on them, like at the bottom. Like, it looks like he's actually got the heads of some of the other animatronics and just like stabbed them with his with his claws, like as if he was a giant. That's how that's how I'm looking at it anyway. I mean, it might look a little bit different to other people that are looking at it. I'm looking at it very closely. I mean, on the initial teaser image, there are different mouths on the body of this mm. Freddy, if you even want to call it a Freddy. That was a bunny, I think. It, it looked like it, bunny to me. Creepy, whatever it is. Um, Apparently slated for Halloween this year, so more development time, which that series could use for its benefit. Scott Cawthon, take a vacation! <laughs> Seriously. 
Retire early, please. How can you not retire yet? How could you not? What, what the fuck? You made all the money. Halloween, good time for it, I suppose. The final chapter, we'll see if that's really the final chapter, because oh. there have been different horror franchises that have said that, to then go back on it. Every horror franchise <laughs> has at least once said the final chapter, and then it yeah. was. And then it's the thing, I mean, you have to keep it in the relevance of culture, society, you have to keep it sort of in people's minds if you're going to make a Hollywood movie. From what I hear, Five Nights 3 actually ends very well and ties up a lot of loose ends. I don't know, I've never seen the ending of Five Nights 3, but whatever. And that's why some people are pretty actually upset that there's a fourth one being made. Uh, And I think, if I had to guess, that's probably why. The people who have the film rights probably said, hey, we need you to make another one. Yeah. Because it needs to stay relevant. Apparently, 87 or 8s and 7s have been popping up in some of the source code on the site. So, may suggest that it's going to be the bite of 87. So, maybe going back to the whole central event that has always been referred to, but never exactly acted upon. So maybe that is why it's going to be quote-unquote the final chapter, because it's going to go back to where everything all started, I suppose. So we'll see. YouTubers will make a lot of money on it. People will go crazy, and then we'll see if it really actually stays dead. I hope so. I really do. I love the series. It needs to die. It needs to stop. Mighty Number 9 is getting close to completion, though. September 15th in the United States and the 18th for the rest of the world. Uh, Deep Silver latched on as a publisher, and I think we were just talking about that earlier. Kind of shady to have a publisher just go on in the last little bit, like, oh, you you raised nearly $4 million. Well, okay, we can get behind this and sell box copies and DLC that'll be free for those who backed the game, those Beckers. I'm someone who did back the game. I'm excited for it to come out. I'm probably going to be terrible at it. But, uh, I'll be good. Yeah, this game was originally going to come out, apparently, in April 2015. No, it it was April 2015, Phoenix Wright. And now it's going to be September 2015. But you know what we need at E3? We need more press conferences. And we need more cowbell. This one's powered by PC Gamer, and it's going to be an event for PC games. Now, this one's going to be tough to watch, at least... In the Eastern Time Zone, it's going to be 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Just three hours on the Tuesday, just after everything that's happened. I don't even know what could be, you know, unique here. But you have different, you know, people like AMD, Blizzard's going to show up. Cliff Blazinski, maybe he'll show what he's been working on. Humble Bundle's going to be there. Square Enix is going to be there, even though they have their own press conference. So, like, they're going to be there to announce Final Fantasy VII now with Chocobo DLC. Maybe. Because like this and is, I guess we'll troll you more. But this is now at E3, like you know the twelve o'clock sort of time in uh, Pacific time is when the doors open for the actual event on that Tuesday at twelve Pacific. So like this is after that, the people who are covering it do they have to you know step away from the floor to go cover this? This one's going to be weird. I could see Bethesda. I could see Square Enix. We talked about those on the last couple episodes. I don't know about a PC gaming one. But Day 9's going to host it. Yay! So that means Ben's going to watch. I probably will. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised at how much PC stuff could be. Like, I know NVIDIA had, like, a, a press conference maybe, like, 
a few months back that was like four hours. Oh my god! And my, I was in a Google Hangouts call with my friend Dan. He made it through at least an hour just telling me what he was watching and screen sharing it, even though it was a YouTube link and I easily could have watched it before <laughs> I just said, "Stop it! I'm leaving the call. I don't care." <laughs> they they can talk forever. So that's going to be interesting. Also on the PC side of things, we talked about Valve and the whole paid mod setup. And now that they've uh, backpedaled on that, they've removed them from Steam Workshop. So that's that's gone. I they died really quickly. So fast. Yeah. Uh, Super Bunny Hop actually very recently came out with a very good video about that. So He just does you, excellent stuff. I mean, also watch his Konami video. That was amazing. Yeah. He does a very good uh, wrap-up of how it all went down and why it all crashed and burned the way it did and why it was a terrible idea to begin with. One week we're talking about it happening, the next week not so much. Now there's Telltale's The Walking Dead. There was The Walking Dead Survival Instinct, which Activision published and was a terrible first-person shooter. And now there's Overkill's The Walking Dead. Uh, This is apparently going to be a co-op first-person shooter with elements of action, role-playing, survival horror, and stealth that invites players to explore the hugely popular Walking Dead universe. They'll play roles of survivors fending from themselves, blah, 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 blah. You know, Robert Kirkman's behind this. They may involve more stuff from the TV series, apparently. These are the people who made the Payday games. Mm -hmm. So at least there's some pedigree there. Yeah. But it's another Walking Dead game, and I'm really surprised to see this. And Rachel, I was more interested to hear your reaction to something like this. Why does there need to be another Walking Dead game? Yeah, exactly. Pretty much, I think. The Telltale game is always going to be the best one for me, and I'm just waiting for the next one of that to come out. I don't see why there should be another one. Yeah. A different player. And also, as well, with it being a first-person sort of thing, I don't like that. I watch stuff like The Walking Dead for the story experience, you know, to see what goes on, and to have my heart ripped out of my chest when my favorite characters die, sort of Mm. like in Game of Thrones. Not to be in first-person shoot up mode, thinking that I'm playing something like Left 4 Dead. You know, keep that with Left 4 Dead and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Right. No, I hear you. It's, it's... Hey, if people, if people want to do it, then, you know, I, I guess, you know, if they, want to, if they want to play it, they want to play it. It's not my kind of game, but it might be something for someone else. And it's news that's generally, you know, flown under the radar. I just thought it'd be worth mentioning. It. Like, yeah, there's going to be another Walking Dead game. Like, how much can you just you know, ring out of a franchise in the video game space? Now, very quickly, a couple of games may have leaked, so be warned on the spoiler front, but we have screenshots that say a Gears of War remaster may be coming this E3. Updated visuals, reworked cutscenes, the multiplayer will be there as well. Now, this would be the first one, so not the Marcus Phoenix collection that I think everyone would want after the Halo Master Chief collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a different studio working on I think this is Splash Damage working on the game, whereas Black Tusk would be the one working on the next Gears of War game. So that's apparently in the works. They have different, you know, screenshots that are out there, uh, you know, multiplayer screenshots especially, told the multiplayers run at 60 frames per second. So that's apparently out there. And then Watch Dogs 2, because, you know, people were very lukewarm on Watch Dogs after so much hype, but then someone went and listed that he's working on Watch Dogs 2 on his LinkedIn, and then removed it, and the internet does not forget. <laughs> if they make a Watch Dogs 2, those are some balls that will not pay off. Well, we, <laughs> we've known about it 
yeah. that they were that they were planning to, because we've known that there's been there's going to be no Aiden Peterson watchdogs too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't hear. I don't remember that. Shit. It was I sh- I sent you that video of like how to play watchdogs, oh, yeah. and it mentions it at the end. Yeah, hmm. and they, they've talked about we want to improve on this in the next watchdogs, and that game sold bonkers of copies for mm-hmm. a new IP for Ubisoft. So of course they're going to make another one. The question is, will they announce it this year? And that might be too soon. Yeah. For me, the question... Well, I mean, it is Ubisoft, and they're very bad at giving their games ample time to be developed. But, in my opinion, I feel like it's going to... Yeah, sure, Watch Dogs 1 sold very well, but it sold very well to not great reviews and not a lot of people liking it at all. So I feel like if a Watch Dogs 2 did come out, it would not sell as well at all. Right. Yeah. Or at least I would hope. I'm giving the world a lot of credit on this one. The very little of the story that I've experienced is awful, but the <laughs> gameplay is super fun. The expectations have to definitely be tempered. Yeah. Also, we've known of a game called Assassin's Creed Victory for quite some time now, that it's set in Victorian London. It's getting a different name, apparently, for its reveal uh, this coming Tuesday called Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And if you're, you're watching on YouTube, you're like, well, yeah, this, this already happened. But this is something that's going to be happening. Apparently it's going to be starring an assassin called Jacob Fry. Fry with an E. So we'll see more details and you know, report back, I guess, on a, either a soapbox or a future SMYN episode. But yeah, this, this is coming in a few days, and uh, different outlets have seen promotional materials. So it's not victory. It's Syndicate, and I think that's a terrible name change, but that's just me. And finally, for our headlines, the Japanese Prime Minister came to the United States of America, and President Obama thanked him for anime, among other things. And manga. And manga. And and emojis! emojis. Um, Oh boy. Didn't realize those were a Japanese thing, but now, uh, looking back, of course those are a Japanese thing. Why wouldn't they be? Of course they are. So, that happened. Yeah, I have no, I have no. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I don't know how to follow that up. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so Ben, what are you playing? What am I playing? Uh, I've been playing some Hot Shots Golf, uh, World International, because I got that on. Uh, I've bought like six or seven Vita games that I don't play, mm-hmm. but this is one I actually am playing. It's it's fun. You know, it's a fun little golf game. Play like uh, a little bit while I'm in the bathroom at work, or. If I get to work really early or something, or if I'm just at home, I'll just be bored watching something and just pop out, play some golf, play a few holes. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Very bad at it, but I have a lot of fun with it. I it like, takes I some like time with games. those golf games, yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. I picked this one because I get to be a cute anime-looking girl. <laughs> and I've given <laughs> her... I'm not surprised. And I've given her uh, a McDonald's color scheme of red <laughs> tinged with uh, yellow. On a lot of her clothes. You sure you didn't give her the, the Hamburglar sort of thing? Why isn't that in the recent news story, <laughs> Make our mascots more sexy to buy our fast food. See, it's good that you said more sexy. Because Hamburger was already very, very sexy. Because oh, he's he an was outlaw. totally sexual. He's an outlaw, and that's that's a turn-on. The bad boys. And like, so like, when I saw the new picture, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Good. Now, where's real life Grimace? Oh, oh my! Oh, that's coming soon. God, can't wait. I want him to bring back a lot of old characters. 
Anyway, um, I beat Persona 4 Golden. It was a lot of fun. We'll probably do a... We're, we're hoping to record an RTM in another week or so. We'll probably do a whole gush about Persona thing then. Yo. We can go for an hour like I did when I beat Persona 4. Yo, yeah. get, get me in on that. Like Absolutely. That. Thank you. <laughs> actually, don't... The don't of, like the 500 people that have already yeah, asked. Yeah, don't, don't actually... Joe has to pick the guests. That's why I don't pick <laughs> oh guests. So don't You're take the fourth that person to ask about this specific episode. Coming soon to the Show Me News Network at showmenews.com. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put this on our list, but immediately after beating Golden, I started up Persona 1 for the PSP. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I played a little bit of that. I haven't played too much. It's uh, it's 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 not bad. Hmm. But it's, it's fun. And then... Still playing more Heroes of the Storm, trying to get up to rank requirements where you have to have you have to be level thirty and you have to own ten different heroes, and I own six and I'm at twenty two. Oh I'll probably be doing that as soon as we're done here. All right, Joe. I uh, finally got a little bit of disposable income, so I allowed myself to buy two uh, games, which I'm very glad I did because one of them was Shovel Knight, and I have wanted to play Shovel Knight since it came out. Long time ago. So it just took it coming out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One for you to finally get it on Wii U. No, I bought it on 3DS. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Uh, just so I could play it just wherever I was. It's the better um, choice, I think. And I really like it. I believe I'm at endgame levels. I've beaten all of the Nightbot Masters. And overall, it's just it's a real good game. I especially like how there's no lives. Thank you, Yacht Club, for not being stupid. I yep. love God, if there were lives, Shovel Knight would be a bad game. Just collect all your gold if you can. Yeah. I've been continuing my terrible trek through Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix, and by terrible trek, I mean just grinding for defense boosts and power boosts. I thought the cap was 99. I learned the other day that the cap is not 99. Oh, boy. <laughs> the cap is like 150-something. Them. So, and I bet there's like a trophy that when you get there. Oh, probably. Because <laughs> those trophies are terrible. And I still can't beat any of the data organization members. I got really close with Lexaeus, but Lexaeus is so fucking holy shit. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, he does so. You can't dodge his attacks, and he does so much damage. It's fun to watch. Oh, it's it's the most stressful boss fight in the game, <laughs> I think. It's it's good, but oh my god. Move uh, over, I Sephiroth. And I even try. Oh, I've already beaten Sephiroth. That's the sad part. He's the only optional boss I can beat. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've been watching that. I can't beat Roxas either. I think he's the other one I tried. So, yeah, that's great. When I wasn't on the last episode of RTM, it was because my computer shat the bed for an entire day. And... What I did was I sat down and we had recently bought Mario 64 on the Wii U Virtual Console and I beat it in Yay. six hours. Yay. Yeah, it's really, like, really easy to complete. I, I beat the final boss <laughs> in six <laughs> hours. Ben kept telling me to stop because I just kept... I 100%ed all of the worlds on the first floor and I had beaten Bowser the second time before I'd even gone into the first world in the basement. Yeah, that's, that's more than possible to do. I never even went into any of the worlds. I think Tall Tall Mountain was the only world I went to upstairs. And so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, and I also bought Donkey Kong 64. Yay! 
finally, because I've been excited for it for so long. I made it past Angry Aztec, but I've stopped for now because I kind of want to stream the whole game. So I'm probably going to start over and stream it at some point. Good uh, idea. Because I, I can now. Yeah. I've wanted to stream that game for a long, long time, and I can now. Yay. Uh, and I've been continuing Persona Q, though I stopped for a bit because I made it to the third labyrinth, which is a horror-themed labyrinth. That is the most Resident Evil-looking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, not game Resident Evil, but movie Resident Evil. Uh. I had to put my 3DS in my pocket for a little bit. And, of course, you can't autosave in Persona Q. Open my 3DS. Oh, no. The game card's been removed. Of course, no. it had, hadn't been removed. But, you know, whatever. If it wants to say it's been removed, it's been removed. So I haven't touched it in a while. But it's still a fun game, and I'm still enjoying it. So that's what I've been playing. All right. Rachel, what about you? Well, I've been playing a few different games. Um, the quick one, actually, I've been playing on my night times before sleeping, if I have enough time, has actually been Mario Kart 7. Hmm. Because Peter got that for me, and I'm just about going through everything on my 150cc now. Now I'm getting used to the game, Very and nice. the fact that the AI can use shells. Oh, boy. Oh, can I mention you. quickly, Mario Kart 8 got a patch not only to fix bugs, but finally unlocked 200cc, even if you haven't touched 150cc or mirror or any of that stuff. So I'm, look- I'm looking forward to that. They unlocked me- they unlocked mirror mode and 200cc for me, and like that's awesome. Thank you, Nintendo. Sorry. Have you tried 200cc yet? Not yet. But we just it's, might tonight. It's yes. hell. <laughs> it's absolute hell. <laughs> I you won't, it won't be. You won't make a single turn. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I can. But yeah, so I've been playing some Mario Kart 7. I've also been uh, playing some Bunny Isaac Rebirth as I usually do. And uh, the last couple of nights, and for many more nights to come, I've recently been doing a lot of uh, streaming on twitch.tv forward slash smyn network. And I've uh, been playing some retro games. So I've been playing Banjo Kazooie, and today I started up The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time again because I wanted to. And because it's the only thing that I can stream from my computer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it's a potato. It is yeah. a potato. Until um, you come yeah. here. Until I come there, but I still want to do retro gaming over sure. there as well. So I'm currently doing Ocarina of Time. I think after that, I'm probably going to do some Conker's Bad Fur Day. But you'll be emulating those on a better computer or playing Yay! the actual cart on N64. Yay! Not for Conker's Bad Fur Day. That shit's expensive. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So That's I've right. played Binding of Isaac Rebirth as well. Just a good game to have on Vita. Uh, but the main bulk of these past couple weeks was. The custom move grind on Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. Hoo boy, that almost took 200 hours. So that was that was crazy. There was like a stretch of maybe five straight days where I had the Wii U running and just going back checking, just adjusting the parameters for the grinding. And then it's like, oh, okay, I gotta buy a uh, Paper Mario, so I can stop the game, go to the eShop, go right back to the Wii U, and keep it going. So did get. All custom moves. And if you want to see what happened on that last one, we've got our uh, YouTube highlight for that on youtube.com slash network. So do give that a watch. Games that are out recently. Broken Age, The Complete Adventure. This is the Double Fine Adventure. Finally out, completed, been Act 1 for quite some time. One of the original Kickstarter games, and that's finally out, so that's good. State of Decay Year One Survival Edition. You had that game originally on Xbox 360, but this is the Xbox One version. Kind of more an open world, you know, survival zombie sort of elements there. Wolfenstein The Old Blood is DLC for Wolfenstein The New Order. 
And uh, ah, that's getting some pretty good reviews, I think. The old blood, the new order. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad at, at Steam <laughs> a little bit for that. Why is that? They have a bundle to get the new order and also the uh, the, the old blood together as a bundle for $45. Okay. And if you want to just buy the first game of the new order, which I'd like to because I've wanted to play it forever, it is still $60 at full Jeez. price. Jeez. Like, just make it 30 Oh, that's crazy. I that's want to play it. <laughs> See, I have, and I'm looking forward to eventually playing it. But I've, I've heard God. so many good things. Yeah, it's, it's apparently one of the best first-person shooters of last year. So that's also interesting. And then another game that was kickstarted. For a long, long, long time, and this is a game that was in delay hell, was Project Cars, the more realistic driving simulator. Uh, it's apparently getting a lot of good marks for its driving simulation and just its overall visuals. Some glitches, I think overall some uh, cars that they could have filled in for that overall roster, but getting really good reviews, and freaking finally, because that game was delayed forever. Yeah, I'd like to try it. Yeah. As far as YouTube video recommendations go, I'm going to recommend one called Witch Chapter Zero Cry. Uh, this was at Microsoft's Build 2015 conference when they were talking about more things about Windows 10, and I think they had a little bit of you know possible HoloLens things in there. But they had a little bit of a partnership sort of deal with Square Enix, showing what's possible on the DirectX 12 sort of framework. And, you know, I've mentioned videos in the past of, like, oh, watch Kara from Quantic Dream, and, like, this is amazing for this time, and this is where game visuals can go. And, of course, Square Enix before has had uh, Agni's Prophecy, or Philosophy, or whichever one that was called. The one that they showed that could be maybe the next Final Fantasy after 15. This one's really impressive. Uh, do check it out, and they, they kind of break down and go, I think, through, you know, what's being done here, and all the different light effects, and... Crying is one of the difficult things to show with games and you know pre-rendered graphics. And this one does it surprisingly well. It's getting so close to that uncanny valley. So I recommend you checking that out. Well, I would recommend going back to some good old favorites of mine. I've been watching some Ninja Sex Party again recently. And I'm going to recommend uh, one of my favorites, Peppermint Creams. Because boobs. Not or more reason really needed. Or butt. Or butts, but... Preferably boobs. We all remember the Rayman leak, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The, the guy who made that leak actually has a series on YouTube. There aren't a lot of it yet, but it's where he draw he paints certain characters in Smash 4 style. And he's very good at it, obviously, since he did that Rayman render, you all know. And he's done Klonoa, Rayman, Shovel Knight, which is my favorite, uh, cool. Banjo and Kazooie, and King Karul. And it's just, it's a time-lapse uh, painting. You can see the whole thing happen right in front of your eyes. He's got two versions of every video, one with commentary where he and a couple other people just talk while the video goes about either the character or the process that went behind painting it or something like that. And they have one without commentary, which is just the, the painting itself with some music. So definitely check that out. It's pretty cool. Smashified. I just might have to give that a hate watch. Because, man, that Rayman. <laughs> it's really good, and his Shovel Knight looks really fucking great. Uh, his Banjo-Kazooie looks very terrifying, mostly because <laughs> of the eyes. And the King Karul, uh, which was the first one that I watched, makes me really, really hope that King Karul ends up in Smash Wii U. 
mine, I went through some, some older favorites of my YouTube playlist, and I found one from when TV Nihon is a fan sub group that does a lot of live action subs for like Kamen Rider and Sentai, uh, shows from Japan. They released a while back this giant commercial pack of like Japanese commercials that they subbed. And my favorite is still the DMM English Conversation commercial, which puts Japanese people in situations where they're just like, oh, shoot, a person that only speaks English is speaking English to me. What do I do? And it's like, <laughs> you can learn English on our on our little software thing. And it has, it, it shows you like some scenarios where there's like Japanese chefs being like yelled at by their new boss who only speaks English. And then there's like, a woman that this named Angela who decided she's gonna she's gonna get her driver's license in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so this is different than the the workout videos, right? Yes. Okay, this I, is different. Yeah. Take anything you want. <laughs> no, it's 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 super short and fun, and and I I love a lot of the commercials that they've subbed. Hmm. They're fun to watch. Yeah, say what you will about the reacts, uh, people, but. Rachel, you showed me the it was YouTubers react to Japanese commercials too, mm-hmm. and uh, actually had Japanese YouTubers in there as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> so interesting to see the different interplay between like, oh, Japanese people, what do you think the Americans think of the Japanese when they see this stuff? Or oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. But then the Japanese were like, oh yeah, this is just normal to us. <laughs> we see this all the time. So this is the important part of the show because in about a month it's going to be E3. So with the way our, you know, kind of delayed sort of style, if you get, you know, this episode on Patreon by, you know, contributing, well, thank you. I mean, you get to hear this early and get the scoop. But at the end of the week at showmeyournews.com, we'll be putting up our contest because for E3, we have a yes or no contest. And essentially, we give you 50 questions and all you have to do is answer yes or no for each one. And then the winner of the contest gets to discuss the E3 happenings with us after the expo so we have 50 questions here we get 10 for microsoft 10 for sony 10 for nintendo 10 for third parties and then 10 for like is this the year that we hear news about this game so basically you can go to showmeyournews.com slash e3 2015 e3 2015 so showmeyournews.com e32015 and we'll have the instructions on what you can do for this yes or no contest but let us reveal to you the 50 yes or no questions so for microsoft the questions that we have here for predictions are first off will halo 5 guardians open or close the show will a halo reach remaster be revealed will xbox one receive an updated model or price cut will the microsoft hololens be mentioned during the conference Will we see a trailer for Gears of War 4? Will Scalebound receive a release window that is more specific than in just 2015 or 2016? Will we see Minecraft in any capacity during the conference? Will the phrase, powered by Xbox Live or similar, be mentioned? Will Rare's new game make use of one of their old franchises? And will Phil Spencer change his outfit during the course of the show? The questions we have for Sony are... Will we learn the final name for Project Morpheus? Will No Man's Sky, The Witness, or Adrift have Project Morpheus functionality announced? Will a new model of PlayStation Vita be announced? 
Will a collection of Uncharted games be announced for PlayStation 4? Will we see a gameplay demo for Uncharted 4, A Thief's End? Will Gran Turismo 7 be revealed? Will Guerrilla Games, Bend, or Media Molecule reveal their PS4 game? Will Level 5's planned JRPG project partnership with Sony Japan be revealed to be a new IP? Will a sequel be announced during Sony's conference in which the last game in its series was released within the last five years? Will the phrase U.S. dollars be mentioned? Gotta have that one in there. Oh, love that one. Our questions for Nintendo are as follows. Will a new Super Smash Bros. DLC character be revealed? Will the first Nintendo and DNA mobile games be revealed? Will an Animal Crossing game for Wii U be revealed? Will another new game line of Amiibo figures, i.e. Smash Brothers, Super Mario, Splatoon so far, be revealed? Will the next mainline series of Pokemon game, not a spin-off, be revealed for 3DS? Will Retro Studios' next game be revealed? Will the concepts presented last year in Project Giant Robot or Project Guardian appear in a full Wii U game? Will an HD remaster of a game be announced for Wii U? Will Virtual Console, the new Club Nintendo program, or NX be mentioned in the Nintendo Digital Event? Will the phrase, up until now, be mentioned in the Nintendo Digital Event? Because, of course, we have to say that one. Yeah. Yeah. Tradition. Now, third parties, because we have a couple more third parties joining the fray this year. Will an Elder Scrolls game that is not online be discussed during Bethesda's conference? Will Square Enix reveal a release month for Final Fantasy XV in the United States? Will new video footage of Kingdom Hearts 3 be shown during the Square Enix conference? Will a new Star Wars game that is not Battlefront be revealed? Will EA reveal Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered? Will Ubisoft reveal a Rayman, Splinter Cell, or Watch Dogs sequel? Will Rock Band 4 or Guitar Hero Live be featured with a trailer or demo during a press conference? Will a specific release date for the United States be revealed for Persona 5? Will a new game from Rockstar be revealed? And finally, will a new game be revealed in a series where its last game was released over 10 years ago? And then finally, we have 10 games that we have to wonder, is this the year that we are going to hear a reveal of the following? Fallout 4, Banjo 3E, The Last Guardian, Metroid on either Wii U or 3DS, Resident Evil 7, Left 4 Dead 3, Shenmue HD, Crash Bandicoot, Beyond Good and Evil 2, and Parappa the Rapper. Now, our tiebreak this year, in case, you know, if someone has the same score as someone who, say they got 37 out of 50 correct, if we had two people, we have a tiebreaker where you have to guess how many times in the Nintendo Digital Event will the word Mario be said. So, you know, you can go to showmeyournews.com slash E3 2015, and by the time this part is up on YouTube, we'll have the full instructions for that contest there, and it's, it should be really exciting. I always look forward to seeing what people will guess. We'll be having a pre-E3 call-in show as we do every year, and yeah, the winner of the contest gets to join us for after E3. It should be really exciting. 
I'm telling you, this is my year. I got this. You got this. I mean, I won it one year, but I, we can't win. We can win, I guess, in Not spirit. With that attitude, we can't. <laughs> so we're we're still allowed to enter. Of course. Hey, yeah, we're going to be telling you what we think during that pre-E3 call, and we'll get our votes kind of in line with all of yours, and we'll see how everyone does. It's a fun thing to do for the community, though you'll be probably be emailing uh, this year as opposed to forum PMs. That way we get to open up to more people, and that'll be exciting. So again, showmeyournews.com slash E3 2015. That'll have all the instructions. But as far as this episode of Show Me Your News goes, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It's going to be an exciting couple weeks of gaming. I'm really excited for The Witcher Wild Hunt. I mean, damn, that game looks impressive. Boobies. Well, I mean, there, there is that. But I think <laughs> if, if we were talking about, like, games of the year, and I think about last year, we were kind of talking about this at this time, you know, if we had to project what games of the year, uh, at least the nominees for our Game of the Year award show would be, I think you have to, I almost think Witcher 3, or The Witcher Wild Hunt, because they're rebranding it, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, Batman Arkham Knight. I think those are three games that are easily at least going to be there in the finals. I think Phantom Pain might take a small hit from all the Konami stuff, but I agree with that list for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the others go, it's going to be interesting. I think we need to see you know what's going to be released at E3. I mean, certain things like The Legend of Zelda, Uncharted 4, I mean, pushing those back. 2016 hurts the massive monster year that 2015 could have been. But hey, it's a hell of a lot better than 2014. So there you go. I do want to bring up one last little thing, actually, and that is for some Twitch viewers. Um, There is a tournament. I'm not part of it or anything like that, but there's a tournament that comes up soon, which is called Bowls of Steel, which is where a lot of people get together and have a little tournament for Binding of Isaac Rebirth runs. So you want to just have a little google of twitch balls of steel you'll be able to find more information or if you want to go to www.ballsofsteel.tv then you can have a little look on there it's actually quite fun i like watching it myself so i thought i'd bring it up ball ball balls of steel all right so with that i am peter i am rachel i'm joe and i'm ben thanks for listening we're out find out more about this show and other podcasts at the show me your news network where you can embrace your inner nerd over at showmeyournews.com. Fans can interact with other sminjas at the friendliest community on the net at showmeyournews.com slash forum. Show me your news! I've been in a sandwich mood lately. But what is in the sandwich? Um, okay. Uh, oh, it is, it is detailed. Genoa salami, sliced smoked ham, capicola, roast beef, turkey, provolone, on a French bun smothered with onions, mayo, lettuce, tomato, and Italian dressing. Boss. That is Take a out the tomato and a sandwich. <laughs> I had to go look it up. See what <laughs> I did. Was well. It sounds like you must have gotten it somewhere, but I wait, just wait. made like peanut butter and strawberry jelly. <laughs> Strawberry's good. Yeah. The peanut butter. Hey there. Hey. We ordered from the Jim John. Jimmy Jones. The Jammy Jones. I saw a uh, YouTube video, like one of those BuzzFeed ones, like these people try these foods, and you won't believe how they react. 
And it was like, U.S. people try Midwestern food. And some people were like, Jimmy John's like, what do you do with this bread here? Like, if I brought it into Quiznos, they'd just laugh at you. I'm like, that is French bread. Don't you dare diss <laughs> Jimmy John's French bread because that is glorious. It's good bread. Mm-hmm. So Had they never heard of French bread before? I don't know. But, like, they must have thought that Quiznos was superior to Jimmy John's. I'm thinking, like, yeah, in price, you know, yeah. inversely, because it's more expensive if, at maybe Quiznos. If you haven't, maybe if you haven't eaten a sandwich ever in your life. <laughs> Jimmy John's is just amazing. Jimmy John's is great. And we were walking the, the subway the other day, and we walked to the subway. We've lived here for a year. We've walked to the subway at least, like, 20 times right. since we moved here. And I looked over to the left. Two buildings down, that's where Jimmy John's has been oh this whole God. fucking time. Like, clearly the better choice. And I don't like, have Jimmy John's, so I have to deal with the subway. Uh, subway is terrible. It's better than Quiznos. Oh, no, my God. Subway, sense, subway yeah. got rid of the Monterey cheddar bread at our work location. What? How, like, how... The, this is, like, the best bread you have. Of, like, all this shit that people talk about Subway, like, huh, all their bread tastes the same. Like, Monterey Cheddar's, like, the safe one that you can go with. Like, I don't want your... I don't want your... See, honey oat is, like, now the backup. Because, like, I'll do flatbread for the breakfast sandwiches. I'll do honey oat now because, like, that's, I guess, the only other option. Because, yeah, Italian herbs, whatever. I don't want all the shit on there. You know, multigrain, get the fuck out of here. But... (laughs) They got rid of Monterey Cheddar, and I, I just rattled off by default and didn't see, like, oh, uh, sorry, we, we discontinued that. I think huh. we still have it. Where well, yeah, you got it when we went. Yeah, that's the only bread I, I choose to I get. I know. Oh, man. I just get regular Italian. That's uh, yeah. I just realized I left my drink in the other room over back. Oops. 